Who has the widest audience? NASCAR? Yeah. What? They also have the most women. That that was one of the shocking ones. Yeah. That's super who, yeah. Who has the most Hispanics? MLS. Yeah. Who has and they have the lowest median income, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is the richest? Um golf? Mm-hmm. No, hockey. Oh, that's right. Really? NHL. Well, okay, white people. Their median income is a hundred uh, over a hundred k. Yeah, right, right, right. Wait, right. wait, wait. Hold up. And so, golf is the oldest. Golf is the oldest. They how, have the lowest. How would they not be the richest? That's a great question. I don't know. Them, Forbes. Is, Forbes. Is, is it is it total or is it per per cat per per user average? Well, per actually, user? this was based on Nielsen Nielsen ratings, so you have to take that with a grain of salt because. Because as the as a disclaimer at the bottom of the article says, well, typically who who has a TV and who can afford cable? It's typically like white guys. You know what I'm saying? So you have to kind of uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. I don't know. It should be golf, right? But apparently, who, it was hockey. Who who that makes? Because because I, I being being out here, I've been meeting a lot of hockey fans, and usually hockey fans tend to be like, you know, they're just they're just like average. You know what? What you would consider average Americans, teamsters. Um, uh, t- yeah, yes. Um, to where I would imagine every old white guy that watches golf it makes over a hundred k. Like, what are you doing watching golf if you don't make that money and don't go out and golf yourself? Grandstanders, welcome to another instigating edition of Grandstand Podcast. Today we have a very, 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 very special show. I know that I say that every single episode, but today is especially uh, especially special. Um, uh, Before I go ahead and introduce my uh, our guest, uh, let me introduce my partner in crime, the professor. Um, he, he keeps saying he's checking in from uh, the middle of Manhattan. Uh, uh, so, what, what borough are you checking in from? And 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 tell us something about the uh, the, the the winds blowing through through uh, where you're at now, Professor. Uh, still, you know, Ma- Manhattan as usual, uptown. Um, and and I, I even though summer hasn't technically arrived, um, it is hot as a mother. We are. No, I even shouldn't say that I'm recording in my underwear, but because I want to give off the impression that like I record in a in a suit. Um, but it is hot, man, and er- so now it's time for people to get cranky. People on the train are elbowing each other, and um, you know it's it's that time of the year. Uh, I remember being there uh, last July for a Gold Cup game. And laying on your couch, and you guys being really kind and letting me borrow your your fan, and just remember waking up uh, stuck to your couch because it was so hot at night, and then I uh, just remember walking maybe five blocks and then having to walk into a bar because it was so goddamn hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also uh, remember that that rash we got. 
<laughs> yes. I, I'm checking my arms daily now, looking Me for too. it to come back. Okay, so just so everybody knows, it, the, the rash was on our forearms after we went to the to the MetLife uh, Arena or Stadium. Stadium. Uh, stadium. And uh, I just remember making fun of Manny because he was freaking out about his rash. And then the next day, my rash was worse than his rash. And um, and then he kept saying, good, stop worrying about it. Anyways, that was beautiful. Today, uh, we anything else, Professor? Anything you, you, you anything uh, anything uh, of note that you want to uh, mention or add? No, just that um, I, I don't have my air conditioner on because it would interfere with the sound quality of this podcast. So so let's do this quick. <laughs> that's, that's true commitment. Uh, so today um, I want to talk, uh, before I introduce my guest, I, I want to say a few things. Um, uh, today we have uh, uh, Ryan from, from PodsPod, and I have had the pleasure of being on there twice and for those of you who don't know, Manny is also a, uh, a part of PodSpot, and I've also said this in one of the episodes, I think it was the Usher's episode, I mentioned that uh, uh, a grandstand was spawned by a conversation that I had with uh, the professor about me realizing, finding out that 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 uh, PodSpot existed, and me coming home to San Diego after that trip in New York and listening and me being uh, completely blown away by the quality of the production, uh, the, the, the conversation, the humor. Um, but, but more than that, as, as, uh, as you listen to Pod's Pod, which is a podcast about the San Diego, beloved San Diego Padres, um, you really, you really uh, uh, get a sense... I get a sense, and I have to say, I have to say that the, the, the crew at Pod's Pod is... To me, the highest grade of grandstander that exists, because um, there there are many levels of grandstanding, and we've discussed that, and we could go on uh, forever uh, uh, dis- uh, talking about which which part of the grandstand we belong to. But the 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 crew at Pods Pod, and all you need to do is scroll through their. Uh, through their episode feed to realize one of their episodes is called open the eyes of the heart. And, um, if anyone who has ever, uh, grand has ever been a grandstander who has looked at their team with their heart and not with their eyes, um, they will understand and they will relate to the, uh, the depths and importance of, of what PodsPod is doing, because when they talk about the Padres, they are talking about the Padres with their heart. Um, so with that said, let me introduce our very special guest, Ryan from PodsPod. Welcome to Grandstand. How are you? I'm wonderful, man. That was, that was the, you got me choked up over here. That was the, the way more of a, of a special intro than I deserve in the words, uh, importance and pods pod sh- should not be uttered in the same sentence. Um, but, uh, but no man, r- right back at you. Like, like I, uh, like I said in the, in the pregame here, um, listening to, to grandstand is cathartic to me, not just because I, I consider you guys friends, but just because it's, it's two intelligent guys who, and their guests, uh, who, who, who just make, um, such an interesting approach to sports, so approachable for uh, for a simpleton like me. So, uh, no man, uh, uh, thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here, and um, you know, let's let's do it. Excellent. 
And and don't let the um, I think mm, I, I may be getting this wrong and help me out, uh, gentlemen, uh, please. But uh, I think part of your tagline is it a is it a irreverent or or uh, immature? What is the word you guys use? Uh, look at at the Padres or what is what is the word you guys use? In- intensely immature uh, I in your is the in your phrase. tagline of yeah. your show. Yeah, yeah, intensely, intensely immature. immature. Thank you. And and don't. Don't let that fool you, uh, because as I was saying earlier, uh, it's true. As a a group review has been written about them, has said they are um, uh, an acquired taste. But more so than an acquired taste, I think um, it's like watching any great uh, TV show. You you start to get to know the characters, and you start to warm up to the narrative and to the inter- and to the exchange. This is a, a um, and and Ryan is being humble, and Manny is of course very humble as well. But uh, this is an intensely uh, intellectual and very smart, well-researched, well-produced uh, podcast. I, I have to say, uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I listen, and and I I've, I I I thoroughly enjoy uh, uh, the humor, the production quality, and and just the fact that you guys. Every episode seems to just get better. So again, um, listen to to PodsPod because um, um, if you want to if you want to enjoy it and laugh, even if you're not a Padre fan and you just want to get a sense for what it's like to be a premier uh, type of 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 grandstander, the one that uh, grandstands with their heart, uh, this would be the place to get a sense for that. So with that said, today we're going to be talking about um, so. The 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 uh, narrative the 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 season has been about uh, of course, as you guys all know, has been a, a conversation about non-mainstream sports, and uh, just like ESPN, we can take liberties with what is uh, mainstream or not. Uh, the same way ESPN takes liberties with what is a sport and what is not. I just wanted to mention this quick note that uh, ESPN uh, just showed the spelling bee championship, uh, I believe, last night. And uh, just just as a little as a little side note, um, um, the spelling bee uh, has a higher rating higher ratings uh, share than the NH- NHL playoffs. So it kind of gives <laughs> you a sense for uh, this idea of, of of grandstanding. And yes, that's what I said too. Uh, um, kind of gives you puts put things in context when we talk about non mainstream. And of course, hockey is one of those big four. And speaking of the big four, um, baseball. And we want to talk about baseball today because we have uh, Pod's Pod in the house. Baseball is 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 generally considered as one of the the big four. And when I talk about big four, we're talking about uh, baseball, football, uh, basketball, and hockey. Would you guys agree? Those are the big four. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. As okay. of now, yeah. Okay. So um, I I uh, in conversations with the professor and with Ryan. Uh, uh, you know, over the course of of uh, of, of of a few months and years, um, we, we've we've kind of uh, we all three of us are are soccer fans, and and um, there's there's an there's a a theory or an idea or something that I think uh, the professor asked a few weeks ago when we were having a, a conversation. He says, you know, we need to do an episode on uh, whether MLS is a sport. And include that in uh, in uh, in uh, one of the episodes on is it a sport or or, or non mainstream sports? And the reason we say that is because of course uh, soccer has been often demonized and underappreciated by by uh, the American public. But what I want to get to is this. So there's the big four. Is the MLS going to knock out uh, baseball 
in the, one of the slots? Will it knock out hockey? We know the NFL is not going to go anywhere. And basketball continues to be on the rise. But before I say that, there are statistics that say that in the very important age bracket of 12 to 17, the MLS is winning the ratings race with all the other major league sports. Uh, the MLS being the major league soccer league. Um, does the MLS, Ryan, have the potential to become one of the big four? <clears throat> well, I think, I think as a as a Westerner, as a Southern Californian, I think our views are kind of skewed to a certain degree. Like, um, you know, li- growing up in Southern California, you know, soccer is is a big deal. Um, being surrounded by Latin American communities, you know, soccer is 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 a prime thing. Uh, had had the four of us, or the I'm sorry, in this case, the three of us, grown up in in the Midwest or like North Dakota or Minnesota, um, I feel like our perspective on this would be skewed. But from from my perspective, sitting here in in Torrance, California, like yeah, absolutely. Um, you know that I I I drive around the 405 freeway and I see LA Kings uh you know license plate holders and and the Kings are a big deal down here but um in daily conversations with the people that I work with in in uh even when you flip on the TV I mean MLS has has two games a week on national TV I believe and uh and like it's, it's it's just being a Southern Californian is hard not to think that that the MLS has a chance to to knock out to knock hockey out of that uh, out of that top four spot and and supplant it. But again, my perspective is skewed. I think again, if I grew up in Minnesota, I'd be like, no, like soccer. What the fuck is that? Um, no, yeah, and and again, those numbers are from uh, ESPN poll uh, conducted in 2013. Uh, so apparently, this. From 2010 to 2013, the, the the 12 to 17 became the 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 highest uh, viewing demographic of, of of any of the sports was for for MLS. Professor, anything you want to add to that? Uh, yeah, I I would I would agree. Um, I yes, I think I think it is true that that growing up in California um, does make us see the the potential of soccer in a different way than, than, than someone growing up in, in Minnesota. Uh, but overall, I mean, the, 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 as, as you, you guys pointed out, whether it be looking at, at ESPN's uh, embrace of, of MLS um, and just looking at all the various uh, numbers, uh, MLS is, is, is the new, is the up-and-coming kid on the block. And um, uh, absolutely, MLS is, is, is looking like it, it is, it's, it's, it's coming around the court. It's looking for its spot because I, I think there's only so much space within the uh, within the the the, the sporting world um, uh, for you know people only have so much money and time to invest in sports, um, and so I think MLS is waiting to is waiting to to see its opening and uh, it's it's prime to to get in there and 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 enter that that top four. You still see like. Um... Like reading articles about the MLS, you you still see it placed as as kind of a a fringe league. The quality of it is uh, a lot of people say that that you know the uh, Mexican uh, 
what is it? It's not called La Liga. What's the Liga what's, MX? Liga MX is is of higher quality than the MLS, and I've watched a few um, Mexican league games, and 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 I, I would agree with that. But 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 I think you the quality of the MLS has improved. I remember watching games like in the early two thousands, and it seemed like they were like running on quicksand man like the the game was slow and it, and it's not like that anymore it it is more entertaining and and so to the objective observer watching it i think um uh, objectively it it is more entertaining than it used to be and and maybe that's a that's a good first step you know or or second step yes and uh, exposure is definitely a big part of it and of course the, the exposure can only go so far if if the quality of the product uh, being uh, on the field is is not good enough, and we'll we'll get into that. But in, in 2014, only 94 games were televised uh, the whole entire MLS season. In 2014, 340 games, all of them wow. were on TV, uh, or you could watch them. Not TV, but you could watch them in in some medium or other. And and uh, you know the the MLS has contracts with uh, Fox Sports, uh, uh, ESPN, and most and more importantly with Univision. Um, I, I mentioned that because, uh, as we mentioned before the, the, the show, we, before we started the episode and I said, who is the, uh, who is the, the highest, uh, who, what group is, has the highest, uh, rating or what demographic is, w- what ethnic group is watching the most MLS games. And, you know, if you guys want to say who it is and then kind of maybe why that is, I mean, it seems obvious, but, uh, uh, uh tell me, Ryan, what do you think of that? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, Hispanic viewers would probably be the most interested in MLS. But again, like you think about like the the Portland Timbers and like even someone who's a as myself who's like a fringe MLS fan, like that fan base is kind of like uh, revered as as being close to like the hooliganism of like you know West Ham United in in the in the British Premier League. Um, so. You know, again, if I were in that market, I would be. I, I might have a different opinion, but but I would say in general, like his, Hispanic viewers are probably most supportive of MLS. That's my guess. Yeah, they are. It is Hispanics, and and interestingly enough, um, we tend to think of at least uh, the professor and I have have uh, at least beat the pulpit on this one. We we tend to think of the MLS as as being uh, very white and very middle class. So that was a, a surprising uh, – uh, these, these figures are from Forbes from an article in 2015. In, in December 2015, uh, these, these numbers come from directly from the MLS, but this article was published in Forbes. Uh, I was actually very surprised to an extent. Uh, uh, it makes sense. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it was interesting because uh, another statistic that I mentioned earlier before the before we started was – that the MLS fans are also the fans who have who are in the lowest income bracket of all the major sports, which kind of makes sense because what I want to get to next is to talk about millennials and their uh, influence or their effect on soccer. But before I go on, Professor, anything you want to add before I move on to the next question? Well, well, well I think it's this. I mean, this further. Uh, this further goes to show the strength of MLS as a rising league in that. Uh, 
because yes, it, it, I was surprised to see that as well. That that it's the Hispanic demographic that is the uh, MLS's largest viewer, and, and as well as the the income demographic that you just pointed out. Uh, but there is no denying, as as Ryan, Rhino points out, uh, that uh, that Seattle fan base, that Portland fan base. Um, there's no denying that 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 millennial college educated uh crowd is is a significant portion of mls's fan base as well and so they're they're hitting multiple cylinders um and 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 the most important demographic being the age one uh so when so when when you're when your strongest uh when your largest fan base is that 18 to 34 demographic um that can only mean growth um, right so, so in 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 many ways, um, on, on on multiple for multiple aspects, uh, MLS is is doing a lot of things right. Excellent, and and uh, and we will contrast this with baseball at some point. This this is related at uh, at some point. We will get into the baseball side of it, but I also wanted to point out that with that that very powerful eighteen to thirty four, which is the that's the. Uh, that's like the the most coveted of of demographics. Would you guys agree uh, in sports? That's the one that most of the uh, of the leagues want to have. And according to again these numbers from uh, MLS and from from Forbes, from Forbes, uh, they their market share MLS sixty five percent. So basically, out of all the leagues, they have the highest percentage of eighteen to thirty four year thirty four year olds watching their games and. I mentioned millennials, and before I mention millennials, I also want to say that Seattle is a underpenetrated market, so they say. Uh, so Seattle definitely, I guess, doesn't have enough Mexicans, and that's one of the things they want to exploit there. Uh, the MLS is looking at, but um, the 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 millennials they have a very important role to play in the development of MLS. The theory or the idea goes that um, because millennials are coming of age simultaneously with the league. So uh, uh, the the people running MLS, the people who are who 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 are watching and who played soccer, uh, uh, are are people who you know 20 years ago before the league or when the league was getting going, they were the ones playing AYSO soccer and playing club soccer. So therefore, the millennials, the people who are now have the spending power, they're they're tuning in the soccer because that's the game they played as kids, and that somehow that's why the MLS and the MLS. There's also another thing saying that the MLS. Was wise enough to invest in 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 a in in the power of social media to attract those potential customers. So, do you see the MLS staying with 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 uh, or uh, the millennials staying with MLS throughout their lives, or they will they just kind of taper off and just kind of not follow? Well, yeah, I, I don't I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, um, like for myself. Uh, I got into to soccer in the 2006 World Cup, and, and at that point I was, I don't know, shit, how old? Well, you know, I was in my early 20s, and, and I've absolutely stayed with it. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's just like any, you know, the reason that I love the Padres so much are my experiences uh, as a child or as a youth or, or as, a, as, a, as someone in their early 20s getting, getting drunk with my friends at Park at the Park. Um, those, things, those things stay with you. Um, those are the thing. The, those things get ingrained, and uh, so so like, yeah, absolutely. I think that that you know, the, like Manny said, uh, that demographic equals growth, and not only does it equal growth, it equals I think stability to a certain degree. 
Um, you know, uh, on the other hand, uh, MLS is facing maybe the the opposite problem that baseball has. You know, baseball has has the old the old guys, and and the MLS doesn't. But but yeah, like I I don't see. Um, no, absolutely. When when you get when you get exposed to something as as a as a as an adolescent or as a youth and and you enjoy it, um, I think very rarely do you do you do you move away from it. Um, and I, I think there's another like kind of interesting thing that I that I feel like is um, that I feel like is is present for me at least is that the the absolute you know European soccer is amazing. Like the 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 players that 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 you can see in the in the the BPL or La Liga or Liga in France like it, it's fan it's fantastic athleticism it's fantastic sport and and that that's not going anywhere and and I think that does nothing but but fuel people to MLS especially millennials you know people uh, kids growing up and like idolizing Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi are are going to naturally turn to their own market and go where where can i find that here where where's where's my like okay barcelona is my team but but hey i live in i live in kansas city where's my team oh we got one yeah they're they're my guys like uh so, so you know european soccer is 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 of course doing nothing but but growing and strengthening and, and providing unbelievable entertainment and 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 that's going to continue as 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 that market grows in the U.S. as as it has. I don't have statistics, but but you know every, it seems like every bar in California has you know soccer games. You know they'll open at, at seven a.m. to watch the EPL games. That does nothing but good for MLS. Um, so they don't have to do shit, and they're going to get they're going to get people flocking to them for that very reason. I feel like. That's that's an interesting take because I I've wondered if it, I've wondered the opposite if part of uh, one of the hurdles for for MLS's growth is that and this is something that baseball doesn't have baseball if you grow up playing baseball and want to be a baseball fan there's only one league to watch and that's MLB um, if you grow up playing soccer and love the sport you know uh, and then you 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 grow up becoming a fan it's it's likely you know if if you want to watch good soccer you're going to watch EPL you're going to watch uh the European leagues and then you tune on to MLS and you see the 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 inferiority of 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 gameplay and and so i've wonder I, 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 and i i'm not saying cuz i th- i think there's there's two ways to look at it and 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 yours is probably more accurate i think as uh as as american kids tune into european soccer fall in love with it um they end up gravitating towards mls but i do wonder if if the the level of play being so good in 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 europe compared to here makes makes it harder for mls to be taken serious yes and that's the and that's one of the things that and i i don't know if i i buy into this but um in one of the many articles i read leading up to this episode um uh the the i don't know if it was the commissioner or or the the ceo of of marketing and and exposure was saying that so i don't know if you guys know this but the mls is now on uh on uh sky tv which is the the uk's uh soccer uh sports programming channel and it's also on uh eurosport and it's also on uh fox sports south africa so according to this guy saying you know um before you couldn't get that product to be seen overseas 
And now they're basically showing a lot of MLS games overseas. And according to, to this, uh, I'll find his name right now, but he's saying, look, a lot more people are finally looking at the MLS and saying, hey, the quality of the product isn't as shitty as we thought it was. So hell, maybe it's maybe it's worth uh, 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 taking a a chance with going over there to you know to to ply your trade in in the MLS, um, and and that again gets back to this idea of exposure, right? Uh, last uh, uh, episode we talked about uh, uh, your friend Tanner and how, uh, and I wanted to ask you, Ryan, um, do you ever think a sport say like lacrosse, and and this is this is just this is you know. I, I, I'm just I'm gonna just whatever comes first comes to mind. Um, do you ever think a sport like lacrosse has the potential to cross over into into top four, into big four? Does it have that kind of appeal? Will it ever have that kind of appeal, or is it going to be a battle between MLS and MLB for that four spot? No disrespect to Tanner, hey Tanner, but uh, but no, um, I don't. I just like Manny said early on. Like I, I feel like there's there's only there's only so much people can watch. There's only so much people can spend their money on, and and there's no, and there's no, there's not a huge um, national tradition for lacrosse, um, and it's, I just don't see how one would be created. Um, it's, it doesn't bring anything necessarily di- like a what? Why would? Why would one watch watch lacrosse as opposed to hockey? And I know they're two completely different games, but but um, I just I feel like it doesn't bring anything distinct enough um, to, to 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 be a national sport. And there's only so many advertising dollars and investment dollars that can go into creating a sport that 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 would be marketable to the masses. So no, I don't I don't think so. Um, no. Yeah. And that's supposing that we do. That's supposing that the American public can sustain a top four, right? I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe it only has enough room now with uh, with only a top three. Okay, so uh, I have an, I have a, a, a theory, and, and I wanted to kind of get some of the some of them into the more conspiratorial parts of it. But before I say that, one um, percent uh, of all sports programming, one percent of all TV programming is is sports programming. Yet seven percent of the total cost of of what people pay for, for 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 watching television is for sports, and fifty percent of all tweets related to television were about sports. Wow. So wow. sports is a money maker, and that goes obviously without saying, right? Um, I think. And this is uh, and, and I, this is where I want to get conspiratorial about things, and then I want to move on to talking about uh, baseball and its place, and and uh, is baseball uh, even a mainstream sport, considering how it it's it's uh, losing or it's not getting the fans that the MLS seems to be just like gobbling up. Um, but before I say that, I have a theory, and this is a, this is the conspiratorial part of the episode, that the MLS is benefiting from one, it's a new league. And it's coming of age uh, during the digital uh, media revolution. And uh, I, I don't want to mention his name, but you guys have a friend who worked for MLS, right? I don't know. If, is it okay to mention his name or, or just your friend, right? Yeah. Who, who worked for MLS? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and he, um, which is interesting because uh, I remember from conversations that I had with you, Professor, 
about uh, he had some innovative uh, views to present to MLS, and, and MLS, uh, I, I'm assuming, benefited from it, correctly? Yes? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, he, 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 um, he did a lot for them in the digital media uh, aspect so of, he, the, of the sport. He brought something fresh to it, would you say? Would you agree? He contributed to, to a lot of the, the fresh new ideas, okay. yeah. Okay, so, uh, so here's, where, here's where I'm going to get conspiratorial. My theory is that the MLS is coming of age at a time when, simultaneously with digital media, and the MLS, um, based on different things that I've learned about them, uh, had the foresight to, one thing they did was to capitalize on, uh, on digital stories that, that people could click on and watch, right? And they really have somehow, not somehow, they've really, they've really understood, and, and this isn't to say that the other leagues haven't, because the NBA is doing an excellent job of this as well, and so is the NFL, and, and possibly MLB for that matter. I haven't researched that part of it, but the MLS has done a really excellent job of learning from what the other, what the big four have has kind of have has what the big four the sports have run into as far as roadblocks to their growth and expansion, and they have the 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 um, the advantage of hindsight, and to kind of grow their league one to use digital media and to use it uh, uh, maybe uh, possibly uh, more aggressively than the other leagues because they do want to grow in there and they will take greater risk than maybe an organization like MLB that has established and has a, a very, very well-rooted fan base. So um, I, I think that the MLS, uh, based on, on their uh, growing simultaneously with the millennial fan base, and with, uh, I, I read an article about an architect who, who he's the guy who uh, did Yankee Stadium and a bunch of other stadiums uh, throughout the league. And he was saying the MLS fan, the millennial fan, is really interested in the whole uh, uh, experience, not just the game experience. So from beginning to being in the supporters, uh, in the supporter stands to uh, 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 con uh, convening in these plazas and then after the game going to the bars. So the whole total game experience is being designed and has uh, been really thought uh, with the millennial in mind. And one thing I wanted to mention, the viewers of MLS perhaps are in the uh, Hispanic uh, lower percent bracket as far as income, but maybe perhaps the people who attend the games are a different demographic. Um, so I feel like MLS has the has has the power and the potential to knock out maybe not baseball but hockey uh, anything you want to add to that and anything uh, any conspiratorial conspiratorial uh, other things you want to add to that uh, uh, Ryan <clears throat> well I don't know if it's conspiratorial but but what you're saying about the digital experience strikes a chord with me as someone who's a like tried multiple times to be to basically pick an MLS team and like like them and and be a supporter um the digital experience provided by MLS is is way above what I experience as a Padre fan is um when I uh so so at first I wanted to like the the Galaxy and I and I just couldn't do it cuz they're just they're just like the Yankees or something and then I tried to like Chivas and they folded uh, so I decided to, I was going to like Real, Real Salt Lake. Um, they were, they're close to a city that I used to live in. And uh, the, the digital experience, 
following Real Salt Lake has been just so pleasurable. Like uh, I can watch the the highlights with with one single commercial for a game lasts for about six or seven minutes uh, uninterrupted, and and that is amazing. Like uh, it's hard for me to see a, a game of theirs, but I can I can watch six minutes of of uninhibited ha- highlights from that team. Uh, and that's that's a huge thing that that is able you know, enabled me to to you know become a, a pseudo supporter of them, and you know probably one day spend money on them. Uh, whereas like with the Padres, like, hey, I'm already a fan. I'm ingrained. Uh, I'm always going to be a fan. But but like you know this seems trivial. But the but the highlights are like broken up, and and before every highlight, I got to watch 20 seconds of commercials. That's a fucking pain in my ass, and and I don't like that. And uh, and so. So just to to answer that one again, it's not addressing the the conspiratorial part, but just to address the 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 digital experience. I one hundred percent agree that 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 MLS is, and maybe it's because they just haven't had enough sponsor money coming in to 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 justify interrupting their their six minute highlight with with commercials. But but I I'm very grateful for that, and it's something that that again is going to probably turn me into a a consumer of their product in the long term. And Ryan, as a fan of uh, MLS and MLB, and let's uh, just hypothetically supposing that you lived in a town where you could watch, where you could support two local teams, um, do you see yourself uh, equally distributing your income to both of those to go watch them uh, play? Or do you lean uh, more heavy towards one than the other without, without even having to say that you would do baseball or MLS? Well, if uh, you know, I'm I'm a I was born in San Diego, and I'm a I'm a lifelong Padre fan, and and you know most of the the money that I spend on sports, in one way or another, is is because of or for the Padres. But um, if if San Diego had an MLS team that I could go and watch, um, I, I could see my dollars being spent fairly equally between the Padres and and the MLS team, um, depending on how good. Uh, one was and how poor the other one was. So I think it would be dependent on a lot of factors. But but um, you know I think it says a lot for for someone like me if I'm being honest that I grew up watching baseball. Some of the best memories in my in my life are are because of the Padres. But I could see myself you know going to like living in L.A., driving down, going to four or five Padre games, and then also probably going to two or three MLS games. And um, I think again for for someone who grew up without soccer in their life as a, as a young kid that that that's kind of a big statement that i that i would almost equally be sp- splitting my consumption of those two um because uh soccer is cool and and we want to be we i, I want to be like uh like those 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 cool man you supporters who uh who, who get behind their teams and go to bars before right. the game that there's this whole culture that you want to be a part of like you mentioned earlier so right. so so yeah so so before I before I move on to ask the to before I I I I I move it over to the professor, um, so one of the things is that MLS um, shares a season more or less with MLB, right? And um, one of the one of the the uh, the problems or one of the 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 arguments against the MLS is is that it, they need to, to change their season so that it aligns itself with the rest of the world. The rest of the world typically plays from late August to right about now, May, uh, early May, late May. 
but the MLS goes from spring to the fall, the same uh, time as baseball. And one of, again, conspiracy uh, speaking here, uh, is that they, 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 they don't want to have to go up against the NFL in the winter and possibly basketball in, uh, in the early spring. Um, would you does would that have an effect on your grandstanding on your watching, uh, Ryan? Do you think that that is a, a reason why the MLS doesn't want to change their season around? Yeah, I mean, if if, if that's yeah, I mean, it seems logical to me. I think uh, from what I've heard, a lot of the reasons you know the, the people are calling for the MLS to match up with the European leagues is you know because of transfer um, transfer right. issues, uh, but also. Yeah, just just to kind of uh, say, hey, we're we're just like you guys. But but uh, yeah, I think that that's a legitimate thing. Again, going back to the to the idea that there's only so much people can watch, um, you know. So so I, I I see both sides, and I don't know what would end up being more profitable or or uh, beneficial for the MLS in the long run. Um, I, I yeah, I, I don't really know what would be best for them, but I but I can certainly see why. Um, both sides feel the way that they do. So, would that change your uh, how many games you attend in a season? Because no, now you're no, because I don't go to Charger games because they're too expensive. And 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 the cliche thing is like, you know, football's better on TV. And uh, right. um, I love the Chargers, um, but uh, I, I've been to like literally one Charger game in my life, and it was a preseason game. Um, it's like for some reason for me, it's like just never been an option i don't even i don't know why um but uh but so so for me no uh for most people yeah i think it would be i think it would be an issue if you're going to choose between the chargers or the san diego assuming san diego had a team one day or whatever uh you know city you're in uh yeah i think more people would if they're they're both playing a game on a sunday then then yeah that would take away from from the gate for the the given mls team right and the obvious team should be the San Diego Soccers because of the heritage of the Soccers. Uh, mm-hmm. Professor? Um, okay, so so there's a few things. Um, as far as uh, the, the 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 season of MLS, um, yeah, definitely, I could I could see both sides of that as well. I, th- I think none of us can really give a. I mean, even MLS probably doesn't have a. They're right. probably still debating it themselves. Um, because there is the you sacrifice talent pool, but I do think it is a very smart move on their part to avoid competing with football and basketball. I mean, because when you're talking to San Diegans here, um, it's you know it, it's easy for us to 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 dismiss the Chargers and we don't have a basketball team. Uh, but for other fans, uh, this this could potentially be a big problem for for MLS. And um, I, I think it's smart if you're going to go up against any sport, go up against baseball. Uh, and, and I, I, I think I definitely see the, the point that, that MLS is doing really well in, in their, uh, in, in their advanced use of, of digital technology. Um, but I don't, I mean, MLB could, could pick that up, you know, MLB could, could learn that and, and could, could see that what MLS is doing and, and basically just copy it. Um, but I, I don't think that's an, I, I think the the rise of I think the the fact that younger kids are 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 gravitating more towards soccer soccer appeals to the MLS appeals to them more as as less and less of them are are uh, appealing to as as baseball is appealing less to them um, I think there's a, a much deeper larger and I think it's more of a cultural um, 
uh, factors that, that are that are creating that beyond the beyond the digital um, aspect. I mean, if we do baseball is nationalistic, it's white uh, and it's conservative in its you know in its in its adherence to these rituals and rules and very rigid. Um, and soccer is is global, it's diverse uh and it's it appeals you know if, if baseball is conservative soccer is, is more liberal um you know in soccer you're not going to get criticized for doing a backflip after scoring um <laughs> so you know there, there's more you're, you're more free to to express yourself um so basically i mean soccer is and I, I think last episode i said lacrosse is everything that baseball isn't um but you know so is so is soccer soccer uh uh, and, and I think it's no surprise that, you know, as we're approaching a, an age where uh, six over 60 percent of, of our population is now has attended college. Uh, when you go through college, you go through that general ed and and you're being all these kids are being pumped with the rhetoric in, in their liberal arts courses of, of appreciating, uh, you know, appreciating diversity, celebrating globalism um, and if not not globalization, but rather celebrating like the cultures of the world. Uh, so so avoiding being ethnocentric, avoiding being obsessed with this idea of and, and we've, we mentioned this before in, in one of our old soccer uh, episodes, um, avoiding this idea of America is the best and instead embracing this idea of, hey, you know, other other countries are cool, too. Um, and, and, you know, being more culturally relative, that's soccer, you know, that that's and, and so I think that's why we have these younger kids who millennials, not even kids, you know, people our age who who feel a lot more uh, they 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 feel that soccer is more suits their identity better um, you know it, it, then throw in the craft beer um, and and and, yeah, and you've got it. and and you've you you've got your fan base right there um, and that's and, and that's what baseball baseball is is the opposite of that in so many ways and I think that's really where where um, that's what the battle comes down to, in my opinion. Ryan, do you think that uh, baseball can survive the Twitter revolution? You think it can? Uh, you think w w if if baseball survives the Twitter revolution, who will be left? Or, or let's just if baseball survives, and and uh, assuming MLS takes out hockey, or baseball doesn't survive, and it's hockey, NBA, NFL, MLS. What, what do you? What scenario do you foresee in the future? Well, just jumping off of what Manny said, I think that that segment of young people who like soccer for all of the reasons that Manny stated, there's a segment of those people who are also learning to invest themselves in baseball in terms of statistics, um, in terms of like this, this thing that's going on that I see on Twitter um, with regards to baseball of like, the old baseball is dead, like... Right. The, the the new baseball is is fan graphs is is analyzed so the same people that are sitting in their liberal arts course and are learning to to right. appreciate the global community are also um, appreciating an intellectual approach to baseball and 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 they're saying you know baseball is this unbelievably complex entity that we can analyze using fucking SPSS and all this this other stuff and I think that is drawing and it's and I think it's an extreme minority 
but I think that it's an it's a growing minority that is latching on to baseball in terms of its in in its complexity for the game itself. And I think the diffusion of social media and access to information and access to applications and everything that can like turn baseball into something maybe that's more interesting to the millennials and at least to like upper middle class uh, consumers of baseball, I think gives it a leg, gives baseball a leg to stand on that maybe it didn't even intend to. Um, like the whole money, like that movie Moneyball, thank I think you. was. Thank you for bringing a, that up because that's yeah. that's what I want to move into now. And and, and I, if you don't mind me interrupt, I mean, I no, no, want to please. Finish so no, that, that I, that's what I wanted movie. to move into next. So there's a man named uh, Bill James, uh, Saber Saber Metrics. Um, Bill James, um, he he basically, in a way, uh, and I uh, he he created Rotisserie League Baseball. And rotisserie league, rotisserie league baseball ended up becoming fantasy league base. Basically, baseball uh, created fantasy sports. Do you guys agree with that? Is that? Am I right? Am I pissing outside the pot? Would you guys agree with that? Do you guys know that one? Yeah, yes, that, that, no? that's 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 how I have understood it. Okay, and we all and and fantasies. It's a major industry uh, where where let's just take the NFL because I think it's uh, one. Uh, well, it's popular in baseball. It's popular in, in a lot of sports. But so let's say uh, you pick a team and you pick players. Uh, you pick your your quarterback, couple running backs, a wide receiver, and stuff. And then those people, those those players accumulate points during a game based on what they do during an actual real life performance in a game. And based on how many touchdowns or yards they run or, or, or how many yards they pass, you, you accumulate points. And at the end of the game, you have an excellent number of points and you're competing against another team with other players who are also playing in games. And you have entire seasons. And at the end, whoever wins the most or scores the most, wins the most games gets a prize. Uh, more or less, did I do a good job explaining? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's based on yeah. your your investment in individual players and your knowledge of what those players can do. And, the, and, and if goes, you pick the highest performing players, you win. And it goes to what Ryan was talking about uh, this 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 uh, t- t- statistical uh, a, a new new thing that that for those of uh, of you grandstanders that don't know, uh, um, baseball is a game that. Uh, lives and thrives off of statistics and histories and and uh, histories and statistics uh, because there are 162 games uh, a player can have uh, upwards of 400 500 400 at bats is that what a player typically has in a season you guys I think if a player is healthy for the majority of the season they have 500 at bats 500 at bats so you you can have it's easy to draw some samples uh, out of there right to to, to see some tendencies and when Ryan mentioned Moneyball, it was a book written by a guy named Michael Lewis, and it was also made into a movie. And it's also, I think, related to something that I think, uh, not I think, I know Pod's Pod talks a lot about. And that is, there was an episode, what was the episode where you guys wrote the, uh, the uh, letter to Ryan because he was, he was looking at, it, at, at the Padres with his eyes because he could see the statistics. What was the name of the episode? Intervention? Yeah, intervention. Okay. So Podspod has an episode, and you, 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 it's humorous, but there is so much truth and, and so much nuance and so much to be drawn from this experience. And humor sometimes is the best way to explain something really complex. And that is 
Um, baseball is a game that is obsessed with t- statistics. And because of this, this guy named Bill James who created Sabermetrics, who created uh, who, who, uh, Rotisserie League and who created this idea that maybe perhaps the way that uh, Major League scouts were assessing players uh, they were, they were, you know, uh, the 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 common idea was that you you look for speed and guys who can make contact. Uh, uh, they were higher valued, so they were worth more money. But the Moneyball proposition, the name, a guy named Billy Bean, who who was a a disciple of this idea of of looking at the statistics and finding tendencies that were missed by the traditionalists, by the old scouts who were looking at the game in a one, very one dimensional way. And instead, to think maybe we can win more games by looking for for different qualities in players that are more undervalued, that 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 cost us less to purchase, and maybe we can win more games without having to go after the guys who make uh, contact and who are very fast. And that created a revolution in baseball, which right now it's it's the cat's out of the bag, and nothing's going to change. And in this episode of of uh, where. Uh, the 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 more or less the synopsis is that uh, that that Ryan basically said at the beginning of the season the Padres are going to have a horrible season this year, and, and because on paper they just didn't look so well. But his his counterparts his his uh, his crew were saying you know you need to stop looking at statistics, and you need to look at them basically you need to you need to stop looking at truth. And what was it? What was it, Professor? What did you say? Have faith. Yeah, have faith. Like, stop looking at the truth or something like that. But <laughs> this is something that has divided the baseball world. But it's also reinvigorated the game, and that's kind of what Ryan was alluding to. Ryan, do you see the future of baseball in these uh, sabermetrics, in these uh, in these statistical uh, games that all of a sudden uh, uh, maybe it's no longer about the actual whole entire nine-inning gameplay but more on, like, watching tendencies and, and looking at it from a more, uh, I guess it's been called a nerdy approach. What do you think of that? Can that save baseball? Um, I don't know if it can save baseball, but I definitely think that in the, in the next decade or so that it's, it is going to, to come to primacy, if that's a word. I don't think it's a word, but... Um, that works. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I just I think that I think that's the wave, and I think that 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 people who look at the game from from that aspect, while while not being, of course, correct one hundred percent of the time, um, have have shown that 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 is a more accurate way to predict what's going on, and and I mean we're seeing, I mean if you were to if you were to listen to a broadcast of a Padres game from the mid nineties, and then listen to a broadcast of the game that's currently going on right now, you would hear terms that, that, um, would, would make no sense to you. Um, the, the modern game, I think of, of baseball is, is evolving towards stored towards statistics for better or worse, because that's the, the, the method of analysis that front offices are choosing to go with and and people have picked up on that and they're like look if if teams are going to look at the game this way then then why aren't we um and for some people that's really fun and it's an endless source of uh of intrigue and and a chance to kind of from what i've seen on twitter it's it's a chance to like one up each other it's like who who can find the more obscure statistic and who can find and create the statistic that's going to be 
uh, more predictive of success. And so it almost mirrors that whole fantasy thing. It's like, it's not necessarily even about your team anymore. It's about what can I, <laughs> as as a fan, tell you about why you suck as a fan. Like that, this is the kind of thing that I, I feel like I'm seeing with the statistical rise. And, and to be honest, man, like it's driven me away. I I, I find it interesting, okay. but 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 for me, it's it's kind of making me recoil and going like, yeah, let's just have like, let's right. just have faith. And and despite that whole episode where I where I looked at the team and thought they're going to be terrible. Like, I, I kind of wish it could just go back to like, like, yeah, like, like this guy, this guy <laughs> looks manly. And so he's going to hit a home run. Like, I don't, I don't care that, that his exit velocity right. or whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, it's driven me away to, to a certain degree. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's, if that's going to be a larger trend or not. I don't know. And that's, uh, and that's definitely the kind of fan that I identify with because, um, as much as I, I can't deny the statistics part of it, um, uh, yeah, that's the kind of fandom I'm interested in. And and I just before I, I move on to the professor, I want to just say, you know, you could argue that baseball uh, gave rise to this metrics obsessed reality that we're a part of now. You know, you can put your iPhone in your back pocket and know how many steps you took, uh, how many stairs uh, you climbed. Uh, how, how much, what your body mass index is. So we, we live in a, a metrics-obsessed reality, and maybe baseball has something to do with it, or maybe uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just the way things are going now. Uh, we have the way, we have the means of, of monitoring that, and, and therefore, and baseball is just an extension of that metrics-obsessed uh, society. Professor, uh, what do you want to add? Um, I could definitely, and I think that's really interesting to, to uh, giving credit to baseball, and I, th I think that's, uh, that you should you should look more into that and, and do something with that because that's a really interesting point that baseball could be the uh, the the sport the the institution responsible for that behind that um, that people wait can you guys do an episode on that and I'll just come in I'm too lazy to write something about it can you guys <laughs> yeah. do an on that and yeah, then we, I'll come and yeah, give that, my two that that, okay. work, that works even better for us um, <laughs> but, but but as far as the as far as the rise in, in, in the statistical analysis of baseball, I can totally see that. And I can see how that would be um, how you, you have more fans who, who, who are turning to that. But that's, I can't imagine. I mean, if we're talking, when we talk about the major sports, um, we're talking about mass appeal and, and I cannot see statistical right. analysis being massive. I mean, we're, we're, we're entering the age where kids don't know how to fucking read anymore. Like they, they <laughs> let alone break down, like understand statistics <laughs> Um, so, so I can't see, this is where I see baseball's strength and where I think what will keep baseball alive and, and, and potentially keep it in the, uh, at least keep it relevant, keep it very relevant. I, I think that down the line, uh, MLS is, is, is going to surpass MLB. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and I do also see a possible back and forth, like a resurgence from baseball way, way down the line, right. but, yes. but, yes. but, um, but, but, uh, baseball's strength is in, in being, in, in, in always being within all of the sports that we just mentioned, it is the best, first of all, it's, there's the tradition, um, but it is the best place for, to gather for a live event attraction, um, where, you know, if if you want to go watch a game, if you want to, you know, people are, are going to be more passionate about their team winning in basketball, in football, and then eventually in soccer, um, where 
where it is more the reason why people are gravitating more towards their sports is because they're more fast paced um baseball's slow paced nature makes it perfect for park at the park makes it perfect for the new sun deck or whatever the craft beer deck where people hang out um if you want to have a day with the family where it's not about watching a game it's it's about it's about just sitting around and and this is another thing we've talked about baseball is perfect for that because in, in the if you if you go to a football game you're going to be interrupted every time there's a first your conversation is going to be interrupted every time there's a first down right um if you go to a basketball game your your conversation is going to be interrupted every time there's a score right uh people are going to keep jumping and ooing and eyeing every you know every 30 seconds in baseball you can go for half an hour straight without completely forgetting that 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 a game is going on right. Right. um and i think that is you know and and we're seeing it we're seeing more and more ballparks are 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 focusing on that they're focusing on the ballpark experience more so than than the game on the field and you know it's it's like it's like the um you know people are all when people come to america they don't come they don't they, they, it, it's it's all like when tourists come baseball is what they want to go see like they want to go to a baseball game yeah Be- because it's it's like i i compare it to, it's like going to it's like wanting to go see the cathedral when you're you know wanting to see a, 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 a or to a, a jazz club or, right like it's it's um and it's and it's it's a that's always going to be there like the 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 architecture of, of a ballpark the the field is a you know the baseball field is a beautiful thing um people are always going to are, so I don't think baseball is ever going to go away, um, but 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 I think that that is that is one of its its strengths that it has now. That's what's keeping it alive now. I think, um, and and what's going to continue to keep it alive as they get even, you know, m- more ballparks are going to start investing in in having more park at the parks or ha- or depending on the city and whatever they're you know and you know and that's why base you know baseball's played in the summer and so it e- even in places like like New York. Um, you can still, you know, when you go to a basketball game, there isn't an area for you to just like hang out. Um, when you go, you have to go watch the game. You have to sit down and watch the freaking game. And and for a lot of people, for grandstanders, a lot of them don't really want to watch a game. Right. When, when you first started that, I thought like, yeah, but people, but people don't want to watch the game, but that space in between plays also gives more time for, for, for Twitter and Facebook too. So, so even though like the people who don't actually want to talk during a game, like there's more space for them on their phones too. Yeah. 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 And to look at matchups, like what does this guy do against that guy? You can talk about history. That is the beautiful part of baseball is that there's enough time in between to say, you know what he, you know, Tony Gwynn, who Tony Gwynn had the highest success uh, against, uh, who was the pitcher that he, he just like killed, uh, who was like the hall, uh, Greg Maddox, right? Yeah, Tony mm-hmm. Gwynn was the most, and that was you know that plays into the narrative of okay, here comes Tony up to bat against Greg Maddox, and we know that Tony Gwynn owns him, and there's a history, and that's the the buildup and anticipation to that is beautiful to me. Uh, I don't think baseball is going to be taken over by the MLS. If anything, I think hockey is going to be uh, the one that has to. Uh, uh, step aside for MLS. I think eventually MLS will move their season. They they have to if they want to compete with the big boys. <clears throat> and I think my only fear with MLS is if it becomes too mediated and too planned out and too thought out and too too manicured for success, that the 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 play on the field will suffer. 
and uh, we we will get a a, a a sterile experience. That's just me saying this, I, and not not uh, I'm not saying that this is just my personal opinion. Um, so, and also I think hockey's demographic is is well, it's not growing. It's kind of going to stay the same, whereas soccer's demographic is going to grow, and and baseball is an American pastime. It's not going to go anywhere, especially now with the assistance of saber uh, metrics and statistical analysis. Well, well, I think I, I, I agree that hockey is going to be the one to go. But what I think is, I, th- I think, I think MLB is going to is going to enter the fourth the fourth slot, where where oh, okay. where, where I think, yeah. um, I think of what we're going to we're we're going to see a point where NBA is going to be at the top, and and here's where I'll get really provocative. And that's the great thing about being able to make predictions is you know I can just make them, and who cares if I'm wrong when I'm dead? Right. Um, I think NBA will be number one i think mls will even surpass the nfl uh and i think i see nba mls nfl and and uh mlb in the fourth place and yeah and hockey you know hockey's got to go hockey's got to go because it's hard to follow the puck um I, i was just i was gonna i was gonna end the episode with uh with uh um Kind of, I don't know if you guys have mentioned this. Maybe I've missed it on Pod's Pod, but um, so I want to throw out some names. First of all, I want to say uh, so. Billy Bean is the GM of the A's, who is responsible for this, uh, who is the face of the Moneyball craze. But do you know that who he included? If you had to think of a Padre player uh, from the last ten years that he included in a roster of people he would have drafted, maybe you guys know this already because you guys are are, are big uh, baseball guys, but. Who he would have included, a former Padre, he's a shortstop, I'll give you that much, that he would have said, I, if, I, if money were no issue, that's who I would have drafted. Is this a, a relatively um, recent player? Current? Let's just say in the past uh, 10 years. Khalil Green? What do you think, Ryan? Um, it's past 10 years throws me off. I was going to say Roberto Alomar, but, uh, but um, a shortstop... Shit, yeah. Um, I I don't know, man. I don't know. It's Khalil Green, which I thought oh, was wow. interesting. Khalil Green was on his was on his roster of people he would have drafted because he he really thought that highly of him. And uh, what happened to Khalil Green? Hip hop, right? Hip hop <laughs> and and social anxiety disorder. <laughs> Wait, what did he eat before a game? I, this is my favorite thing Manny told me once. Professor, what did he? What, what are you gonna eat for before a game? Did, some, did you ask him that, or somebody asked him that? What did uh, he say? My, my buddy, yeah, uh, uh, I was with my friend who asked him um, tuna, just plain, just just tuna. And my friend said like, "What, like tuna sandwich or like tuna salad?" He's like, "Nope, just just tuna out the can." <laughs> what, is, what did what did Miguel Ojeda eat before a game? <laughs> Panocha, <laughs> and he stuck his tongue out after saying that. <laughs> He's a badass, dude. Well, speaking of Khalil Green and, and hip hop, I think a great, I think a great way to, or maybe it's not great. What do you guys think? If we were to apply uh, music to sports, so if we have a, a party, a house party. You know, some people are going to want to be in the room where jazz is playing, and I think that's those are the baseball fans. I think baseball okay. is like jazz. Uh, the the NBA the NBA and NFL are hip hop, so so you know you're going to have a lot of people who are going to want to go bump and grind and listen to some hip hop in, in in that room. And I think what gives MLS its strength it's like that in between, 
which I don't really know. I don't know what genre to put it in, but it's that in between jazz and it's like, it's like Saul Williams. Yeah. And that's, and that's where the MLS fans are. And, and, and there's a lot of, uh, wait, do you remember those Putamayo CDs that you would like see at Whole Foods or at, uh, at those like, uh, craft stores? It was <laughs> world music. That is, that's it. Manu Chow. That's it. Shit like that. <laughs> Dude. And, and this is where soccer, this is where I'm at, where I, I, I don't know if, if, if you were going to touch on this, but, but part of major league baseball is going to have it's, and it's the, 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 the uh, the tension is boiling. MLS is going to go through, a, or sorry, MLB is is about to hit a cultural like revolution, a culture war, basically. Right. Uh, and we're seeing it, like when um, uh, uh, Jose Batista that recent fight, right? right? And and or or actually, what preceded the fight, his bat flip, you know, and, and that whole there is baseball is approaching this culture war of 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 you know traditionalist and people going, man, you know, we need to. We need to modernize. Like we we need to we need to get away from all these like antiquated, uh, again conservative. Make baseball fun again. Make baseball n- make baseball fun. Yeah. Um, right. And and that is going to I think that that is going to lead to a a culture war that's going to give a lot of instability to the sport for for a time period. And I think it's during that time period that MLS is going to swoop in. You know the thing with the the Latin, you know, uh, Dominican Republic is the is the country that exports the most players. So so outside of the U.S., the country where most baseball players are born outside of the U.S. is Dominican Republic. So there are a lot of Spanish speakers, and it's the game is definitely very different in the Dominican Republic. Maybe there's bat flips, and maybe there's a whole different uh, set of protocols there. Uh, I heard uh, that article that I sent you where they were saying that Roberto Clemente they kept insisting that he go by Bobby or Bob Clemente. You know, uh, these 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 uh, these these pushes to anglicize these Latin players. But I also think these Latin players can bring uh, can bring a certain flair to the game that will shake it out of its you know out of its, its crustiness. That I think it really really needs uh, a maybe. Uh, and this is this is just this is just ridiculous what I'm about to say. But to welcome back the uh, the the black ball players, I feel like we've alienated the fucking hell out of back, uh, black ball players. And it has nothing to do with the fact that uh, it's fun or true or more. It's more. It's more entertaining to play uh, basketball or football. Uh, baseball is equally as fun. Maybe it's not as fun to watch to some people, but baseball is hell of an entertaining game to play. I think after the, the I think after the the cultural revolution in baseball, after the instability, baseball will reemerge and be king again. Ooh, I like that. As a as a as a, a diehard lover of the game, yes. Uh, so watch out, hockey. We're coming after you. That's it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, I hope we can have you back again. I hope uh, I hope this was interesting enough that you'll join us again. Anytime. Way more fun than Podspot. <laughs> no, Podspot. Uh, check out Podspot. Uh, uh, if you want to uh, shit your pants and laugh for a little bit, uh, especially the Fernando Rod- Fernando Rodney, do I- is that his fucking name? Yeah. Keep- okay. There's a bit about Fernando Rodney that if you if you just just if you have any if you care anything about the Padres, go listen to that. What episode is that in? Twenty. Intervention. The, the most recent one. No. Oh, the last one. The last one. Yeah. Listen to their last episode. You will shit your pants laughing. Uh, that's all. 
Thank you for listening. The stadium was built by Ruth. The iron horse was in his youth. The Yankees lineup was a murderer's row. Then after Huggins' reign, they were champions again. When winning became the only game for Marsa's Joe. I'm talking baseball. Bill Tickey and Lazari. Yankee baseball. Henrik Andy Carey. Reynolds Rashi, Goofy's bag of tricks. They knew him in the apple and the sticks, like the Bambino, the Clipper and the Mick.